We are made, of course, for all things USF Athletics, and that brought to light yesterday with the release of the softball schedule. From my perspective, I went right into looking at when softball and baseball are playing and who's playing at the same time, cross-referencing with basketball, and it is going to be another busy spring, especially when baseball and softball get going at the midpoint of February. We are going to have four sports going on at once, and we'll be able to carry most every game for you. We'll give you the rundown of the softball schedule here shortly. Football, of course, you know, with a catch-up show, as it were, on Monday, there were going to be some things that I forgot to mention that had happened the previous week, and you all probably know this already, but there was a board meeting where, essentially, Michael Kelly et al. updated the status of the on-campus stadium and how they have formed committees to look at sites. The funding is going to be the issue, of course, that takes over primary focus, if I'm guessing, but it is in motion, folks. 2026 is possible for an on-campus stadium, and I'm sure part of the reason for the momentum with the team. On that note, you got to check this article out. I retweeted it. It's on NFL Sapient, S-A-P-I-E-N-T dot com. John Vogel, basically, he breaks down stuff from an NFL-style perspective when it comes to play calling, and he not only went into some of that when it comes to the Bulls' offense and defense and their talent, but it goes all completely into what Jeff Scott is building here and why fans should be excited and why you really can't pay attention to their overall standings and instead look at what they're building, especially referencing some of the key pieces. We all know Timmy McLean, Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver on offense with Jaron Mangum defense, the linebackers especially, and the secondary. But, and finally, after today, we can talk about some of these incoming Bulls, especially via the transfer portal what they've got going, and namely some defensive linemen. That's going to be an area that they have to build. I would also say head to GoUSFBulls.com for an article that Joey Johnston did speaking with Coach Scott about what their approach is going to be. You can just tell it's going to be transfer portal for the defensive line. Excellent stuff, and again, we will have a ton more, and we'll recap it for you on Friday's show. We are doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Of course I could do a Thursday show. But instead, on Thursday morning, you will be hearing full replays of the National Signing Day coverage along with the basketball game. Oh, yeah, there was one last night. I was there. I'll have a recap for you along with highlights and Brian Gregory postgame in our second segment. Here is a little bit of a sneak peek to the format for that 1 o'clock hour. Remember, this is going to be sometimes, you know, we do the radio show, but they film it for the YouTube channel. But it really is an audio show and video is just sort of uh, tagging along. This is vice versa, so there's actually going to be some videos playing. I don't know how that's going to transfer over to the radio side of things here on Bulls Unlimited, so that might be a little bit different. I know that I will kind of be emceeing whenever there's some sort of video that's happening. I'll, uh, I guess, do play-by-play, but you're going to hear Jim Lighthall and Sam Barrington, and you're going to hear Jeff Scott eventually, but it's going to start off with Charlie Weiss Jr., so that is going to be about 10 after. It's going to start off with Jim and Sam at about 3 after, and they're going to have some pretty cool stuff, maybe some um, uniform reveals, if you know what I mean. One twenty-six roughly, is when Bob Shoup will speak with Jim and Sam, and then Coach Scott is scheduled to join in at about one thirty-seven. So yeah, not only do we have the timings for you, but... I can give you an idea of what they'll be talking about. Obviously, the recruits coming in, but also the indoor performance facility and the on-campus stadium. No doubt about it, those topics will be brought up along with 
the offensive and defensive coordinator, speaking specifically about the newest Bulls. So that is this afternoon, live on USF Bulls Unlimited at 1. And if you're, I don't know, working, you'll have a chance to hear it plenty on replay. And again, I'll be set up live at the Selman Athletic Center for the press conference, and that's at 3 o'clock. Jeff Scott, along with Bob Shoup, once again, so you're going to get plenty of chances to hear that, and you can catch it all live as well here on National Signing Day. Of course, they're going to be adding a lot of transfers. Some players have departed. In fact, Jaron Williams, if you'll notice, he kind of fell out of that quarterback rotation really early in the season, has announced he's headed to Alabama A&M. A couple other names that have entered the portal include receiver Demarcus Gregory. Thought he had some promise, ended up with just nine catches this year, and of course Kobe Weiss, but that has more to do with Spencer Schrader being an all-conference type kicker. Speaking of all-conference, this being Wednesday, we will end the hour with the conference show around the American. We have not uh, discarded that due to the fact that we still have women's basketball earlier today. We'll just move things up. And there was some pretty intense conference action last night. Pretty impressive results on the men's basketball side. And the football team still going. will be starting to bowl soon enough. So that's at the end of the hour and I guess at the end of the half hour if you're listening to us at 10 o'clock. Our pregame for women's basketball begins at 1045 and we'll preview the Bulls and Stetson in our second segment. Mention that the softball schedule is out. So now we have spring as far as the sports that we do play-by-play for, of course, tennis, golf, track and field, sailing. Everybody will be going in the spring, it seems like, except for volleyball and football. we got spring football. But anyway, uh, we can actually map out what's happening now for you with the release of the softball schedule, and it's back to a normal one, which means loaded up with multi-team events and loaded up with strong teams, and it all begins Thursday, February the 10th. I know we'll be able to broadcast this game. Again, I first thing I did was sort of cross-reference it with the women's basketball schedule. There are going to be some weekends where women's basketball is on the road, and both baseball and softball are at home, darn it, so I know that Jay Retcher is going to be able to help me out with some of the baseball and softball action on the weekends, but we'll, trust me, get as many of these games on the air as possible, and we also have the capacity to simulcast ESPN Plus when it comes to softball. So whatever we can do to get these on the air, but I know that I'll be on the microphone for the first game, and that is against Illinois State, which has turned into almost a traditional opening team for Ken Erickson's squad for whatever reason, Illinois State out of the Missouri Valley. And no, we're not going to have time to break down every single opponent here, but they were solid last year, right around 60th in the country and ended up 31-10. and 10. They'll go up against Kansas City the next day, the Kangaroos, and then it's a team that was one of the top 25 in the country, Michigan, and one of the course top 15 in the country, and a team that beat the Bulls twice in the NCAA tournament in dramatic games that you can still hear over on Bulls Unlimited 2 as part of our best of 2021. That would be the Florida Gators. So they'll play two teams that they probably should expect to beat. And then it's Michigan on Saturday, February the 12th at 3.30, and the Gators the next day at 1 o'clock. Now we're not going to give you the full rundown of the roster. The main name to remember is Georgina Corrick is back as the ace pitcher, but they've also added Aaron Pepping, a transfer pitcher from ECU. Uh, They do lose their leadoff hitter, Anna Marie Bruni, but they still have plenty of talent coming back. They lost Bethany Keene, of course, their first baseman. Outstanding player. She actually transferred to Florida State. 
Brooke Hartman's no longer with the team. She graduated as well. So they are going to have some holes to fill offensively, but they have some serious incoming talent. We'll get more into them, of course, as we get closer to the season. So that's the first weekend four games, and we already announced these four games against three NCAA tournament teams from last year in a row. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Auburn, and then Wisconsin to finish off the St. Pete Clearwater Elite Invitational at the Eddie Moore Complex. Now, that's the same weekend, of course, that baseball is starting off its season with the three home games against different teams. So we won't broadcast those games from Clearwater, but we'll be keeping an eye on it. Then, funny enough, two schools in a row that go by the initials SJU for the following weekend. They'll play on a Friday back-to-back. St. John's and St. Joe's. That is the one sequence of games that we might not be able to carry simply because, as I mentioned, it's going to happen from time to time. Both baseball and softball are at home, but women's basketball, who I travel with, are on the road. But they'll play St. John's, St. Joe's, and then Fairfield, and basically everybody will play each other once in those four teams, and then they'll split them up into semifinals and finals to complete the weekend. They actually head to FGCU, which is a strong team for a double header to start off the month of March in the middle and they come back home for five games mixed up between Illinois, Chicago, FAMU, and Army. UIC, by the way, an NCAA tournament team. And again, the full schedule's on GoUSFBulls.com. I thought the last batch of games leading up to conference, which, by the way, begins with the war on I-4, March 25th through the 27th, in Tampa, mark that down, big time, a Friday through a Sunday. But leading up to that, it's interesting because they play Ohio State basically three times in seven days, and that's part of a swing, again, that leads up to conference. March 16th, they play Niagara. The next day, they play Ohio State, who they had played four days before. Also, Purdue, so back-to-back against the Big Ten. The next day, they play Lehigh. And then on Saturday, they play Purdue and Ohio State again. So those teams are sort of hovering around the Tampa Bay area. The next day, they play Canisius and a newer Division I program, St. Thomas. And then two days later, it's one more against Canisius before here we go with conference play. So they're going to load up with as many games as possible. They also have some midweek games mixed in during the course of the conference part of the schedule, including a trip to Gainesville. It's all up in GoUSFBulls.com. Also, another shout-out to Sydney Nicello of USF Women's Soccer. Again, she is moving on. She could have come back for one more year, but she is going to be a professional soon. In fact, she is going to be drafted this weekend, and she has been honored by another national publication. We know she's one of the top players in the country, but it's also good to see when others recognize her as the same. TopDrawerSoccer.com did its best 11, meaning it's All-American team, and she was on the second team, recognized as one of the very top players in the country. We got basketball for you next. Highlights from last night's men's win against Austin P and a preview of today this morning's women's contest against Stetson. Stay tuned.